Welcome to the 98 Night Out podcast with me, Darren Motu. Uh, today's guest is the editor of the superb cricketer magazine, Hugh Turberville. Remember, if you're enjoying the content of the podcast, tell your friends, make sure you subscribe, make sure they subscribe. Anyway, let's get into this week's episode. <laughs> Hello, Hugh. How are you doing? It's a little while since we've spoken. Hello, Darren. You okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, lots to get through. There's a lot going on in supposedly cricket's downtime ahead of Christmas. But um, as uh, we were talking just before we came on air, there's uh, the, the calendar is relentless. Not uh, you know with it, with England especially. But before we start talking about England, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the news that broke last weekend about. The hundred and this supposed bid coming from private equity, uh, four hundred million pounds for a seventy-five percent controlling interest in the tournament. Do you think this is someone flying a kite? Maybe the ECB flying a kite, and and what are the po- the possible ramifications if it were to come through? It does seem like they've um, they're just testing the water, doesn't it? Um, uh, I think we all envisage that um, the hundred could be sold off or. Some teams could be sold off from 2025, I think. That's when the next TV contract uh, sort of was, was going to come in. Um, so I, I think, um, in fact, it has been extended now with Sky, hasn't it? By Tom Harrison actually extended it before uh, Thompson, Richard Thompson started. Yeah. And, and Richard Bull. But um, so, yeah, I think that's what there was always talk that uh, the teams were going to be sold off 2025 onwards. I think this is the start of it. Yes, it's a sort of that. Um, you know, speculative story that you see when you hear that the FSG are thinking about selling Liverpool or the Glazers are selling Man United or something. And, you know, it's it's that, isn't it? It's just testing the water, isn't it? And um, I, it was always envisaged that um, the ECB would sell 50% of the 100, roughly, and, and keep 50%. This story said 75%, didn't it? Lots of questions about it, like, um, OK, it's 400. I'm going to embarrass myself now by saying 400, 400 million, isn't it? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Hundred million. So, um, but you know, what does that buy? Does it buy the hundred ball format? Does it buy the the right to stage a T Twenty style tournament in in the UK for one month per summer? Uh, so, yeah, what what does that buy? And people have been doing some calculations on the back of fag packets, haven't they? Saying four hundred million divided by 20, uh, 18 counties, twenty two million each. But uh, I think I read today they're only going to get ten million each. So that, that you know you've got to think about it. some of the money is going to go to the national county, some of it's going to go to the recreational game, isn't it? But it's a quite a game changer, isn't it? I think you know. I heard that the men's hundred was in trouble, and that it was just trying to justify its existence. And there was some, you know, Richard Thompson was a skeptic. We you know, before he joined the ECB, Richard Gould was it was a skeptic when he was at Surrey. That you know the the Worcestershire. Uh, chair, uh, chair is um, doing a sort of forensic examination of the viability of the hundred. So I was told by a source that it that it was struggling, but um, you can just see why the counties want, want ten million each, can't you? I mean, it, it's an absolute game changer for them, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd heard the same sort of rumours, and I, th- uh, I heard a suggestion, and that's all it was, was that um, maybe it, the way that they could sort of resolve the situation without losing too much face was to be to to quietly ditch the men's hundred and um to uh continue with the the, the hundred in the women's format but to kind of apply the marketing and all the razzmatazz of the men's hundred to the 
the blast. And uh, I think that would be a way that everyone would be happy to it would go back to the counties. And um, But as you say, this has now sort of moved the goalposts a little bit and that kind of money being dangled in front of the um, counties is almost too good to turn down should it come to fruition. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the dream scenario of county aficionados was what you, the plan you just outlined. Um, yeah. So, um, but what's uh, the questions, you know, are, is it going to be restricted to, I mean, I was, under, I, I, I was told that it was going to be three weeks, not the sort of four and a half, five that the hundred is now. Well, next year it's now going to be four weeks. So it hasn't been cut as much as it, envisaged you know whether it will go down to three weeks in the future or whether it will just disappear altogether i don't know but um and and the thing is if all these um ipl owners come in and start buying teams and stuff is it going to be restricted to just one month i mean are they going to look to expand it like the ipl i mean the ipl is now is this year going to last 25th of march next year going to last 25th of march to the 28th of may so that's now two months so <laughs> I mean, these the owners are obviously going to are going to probably want to do that, aren't they? With the English, if they, if they own the English hundred, they're going to they're not going to be happy at keeping it, and probably a month, are they? Uh, if oh. it's off, so is it going to be sort of in the statute that they're not allowed to make it more than a month? I just don't know. But um, yeah, as you say, I mean, if counties have got debts or haven't got very much in the bank, and they're suddenly offered ten million, then it's difficult to see how they can turn that down, isn't it? I've got a slight suspicion that this was all a marketing ploy, a money-making exercise, if you like, by the ECB from the word go. The fact that yeah. it was all franchise, it was a different format, it was almost like completely self-packaged as to be something that they would get up and running and then sell on, um, which would... Yeah, I, I, well, I think Tom Harrison, to be fair, in that interview I did with him in the Cricketer magazine, pretty much said that they're too reliant on Sky Money and they need to um, create a different sort of revenue stream. I mean, I'll be honest, I... I thought well it is a bit strange we don't have our own 18 tournament to compete with the big bash and the ipl but i think just everything since it came in since it was announced i think everything has gone wrong with it has could have you know could have gone wrong has gone wrong and i just i've just completely gone off the idea now i mean yeah disastrous launch to it's just it's just a bit tacky and i've completely changed my mind now i just think that really we just got a. We, we've got eighteen county clubs, all with glory, you know, nice histories and fan bases, and I think we should just be concentrating on them playing first class list A and T Twenty. But you know, these things <laughs> gather ahead of steam. And, and I think your your comments there are fairly typical of anyone um, with any knowledge of the game, the domestic game that I've spoken to over the last couple of months that. Yeah. Even the most charitable were prepared to give it a go and see how it went. And even after the, sort of the, the first year of it, we're kind of like, oh, well, this is all new and all singing, all dancing. But mm. as you say, the problems that have come up, which are largely self-inflicted, in my opinion, um, just don't, um, you know, is it worth it? What is the, what, why invent something that no one else plays? Why why have all the, you know, the, the franchise system might have worked, but why not just keep to T20? Why not just... Yeah, have an eight, whatever. You have an eight-team top division blast of promotion and relegation. I mean, promotion and relegation works well in football and any other sport, doesn't it? I mean, why, why have? I mean, I've just completely changed my mind. Why have we got to be the same as India and Australia now? Why can't? Why can't we have an eighteen T twenty with a ten-team lower tier with promotion and relegation? You know, if if you're really worried about England players being stuck in the second tier, 
in a World Cup year or something, then loan them out to the top tier clubs. I mean, but you know, we all know there's very vociferous people on social media and in the media who are banging the drum passionately for the hundred, and um, obviously there are financial reasons for for it. I guess if they're going to sell it off now, and of course, it's probably you know reasonable reasons as well like the fact i mean it has been good for women's cricket and um it probably is bringing in people who weren't enticed before into the county game so i i, I don't hate it per se but i just think four into three doesn't go in our calendar and i think it's really difficult to accommodate it without doing collateral damage to the other three competitions yeah and i think also um you know, we have to be kind of realistic and have our eyes open to the future of the game. And um, I think it was Owen Morgan said something the other day um, about where we're going to be in 15 years' time. Was that well, right? that's the piece. You know, I went to interview him at the launch of this new um, festival that he's um, behind with um, Joss Butler and um, Brendan McCullum. And he said, we're not asking the right question. You know, the art, and he said, the answer will be, what's cricket going to be like in 15 years? And it's just going to be all domestic cricket really I mean he still thinks England will play test matches but he just just does not the appetite so for overseas and um, I think he just envisages sort of Champions League style competitions and things like that and you know domestic leagues as well and oh dear Darren it's all a bit gloomy <laughs> well let's 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 talk a bit more positively let's talk white ball cricket let's talk test cricket let's talk England England are all set to play their first test on Pakistani soil for the first time in, is it 17 years, I believe? We are all euphoric after the Ashes, weren't we? And um, and then it all started going wrong, didn't it? Vaughan got injured, Michael Vaughan got injured. And um, was that the winter that Trez started having problems? And Yeah, I think it was the sort of the beginning of the end of that team. Um, Jones never reappeared, did he? No, no, uh, that's right. But I mean, it's good. there's lots of good news, good good headlines coming out of this. Um, ben Stokes has said that he will be donating his match fee to the uh, Pakistan flood appeal, which has gone down very yeah. well in all quarters. I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, it was a nice thing to do, wasn't it? Uh, do you remember um, Trez and Vaughan helped out with um, flooding last time, I think, um, for a one-day series maybe. They went in and sort of lifting sandbags and everything. Hmm. So been some good um, PR initiatives and... And I don't, I don't doubt that that's a very nice thing to do by Ben Stokes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, only, the, the problem I've got, um, which is a slightly bigger one, is just that this crowded calendar that England teams are doing. I mean, it's barely mm. three weeks since we won the World Cup, but that we didn't have time to celebrate or even for that to register with the sporting public before they played uh, an ODI series against Australia. And now as soon as that's finished, the test team are in Pakistan. Um, it's kind well, of like a blur. The one-day series was a farce, wasn't it? I mean, it's an absolute travesty. I mean, I don't know who who got anything out of that? Maybe the domestic um, broadcaster in Australia, perhaps. But it wasn't part of the uh, ODI Championship. It was an England second team against an Australia first team. I mean, I've seen different crowd reports from that last game, but with anything between 800 and 4,000 in the MCG, I mean, it was just uh, a farce, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there were question marks already about crowds at the World Cup. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I think there's been a conversation going on for a while now about um, Australian cricket crowd attendances. So mm. you know, these kind of this kind of thing doesn't help, does it? No, they're they're, they're definitely oversaturated, aren't they? I mean, they, they they expanded the Big Bash, and that was a, a, in hindsight a bad move, wasn't it? And um, 
be interesting to see how many go to these test matches against mm. West Indies now, won't they? Mm. Uh, but just, yeah, there's too much going on, isn't there? I, I just, I'm a nostalgist, but I just remember those sort of mid 80s and yeah. Greg and Ellie and Laurie and Benno and just the magic of those pyjama cricket, you know, the first <laughs> channel nine. Really, yeah, first time I was really old enough to appreciate pyjama cricket, 86 7, the Perth Challenge and the World Series Cup and packed crowds in England against Australia under the lights. And you just think, you look at the last three games, it just it was a travesty, wasn't it? A, a pale reflection of what it was all those years well, ago. Nothing means anything anymore. That's the problem. Um, and uh, well, you know, I used to. They've tried to give it context, haven't they? I mean, with, with these championships, test championships, ODI championship. I mean, certainly that didn't, that series didn't mean anything, no. I mean, mm. yeah. I mean, did it mean anything in 86 7? I suppose, you know, it was a three team World Series Cup between England, Australia, and West Indies. I suppose there was a, a silverware at the end of it. I mean, I, yeah, I, just, I think it's just, as you say, it's just too much, isn't it? It's just. You know, you, you haven't got time to catch your breath after England won the T20 World Cup, and then we're on to the 50 over. Yeah. It's just too much, yeah. There's one of the good headlines coming out, um, player-wise. So, Joffre Archer back in training. Um, I don't think they're going to risk him until next summer's Ashes, but he, he seems to be back to his troublesome best, certainly in the nets, uh, and from mm. what's been going on in Abu Dhabi. And um, the inclusion of Rayan Ahmed, Um mm who, if he gets selected on Thursday, will be the youngest... Is he the youngest ever to play for England? I was just reading about him, actually. If I didn't read that... I mean, he is only 17, isn't he? So mm. I would imagine he's, that's a distinct possibility. I was, I know he's got um, nine wickets from three first-class matches. <laughs> there yeah. can't be many in the modern era who have been picked on less than that. Um, Chris Schofield, the leggy in 2000. I mean, he played... I'm sure he played. He played a season, anyone. So I mean, it, yeah, it, it can't be many rawer, more raw people than him. Extraordinary, isn't it? But, Lots of um, social media activity about him as a youngster being um, spoken to by the likes of Shane Warne, who said to him, "One day I will be con commentating on you, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, yeah, I think was, he has been on people's radar for a while, hasn't he? Oh no, absolutely. It's just the fact that he's so young and he's only yeah. played so many, so few matches. Yeah. But no, I think, yeah, we've been aware of him for a, certainly a year or two writing about Leicestershire, haven't we? And he's played a fair bit of white ball cricket. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I did, I mean, I did uh, worry about England's ability to take 20 wickets. Um, their spin attack, I mean, Jack Leach is steady, isn't he? But um, to be reliant on Will Jacks and Joe Root and Liam Livingston um, seems odd, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But there's so few... That in their eyes, there's so so few so few alternatives. So. Yeah. All right. It's uh, December is upon us, uh, and at this time of year, I think of two things. One of them, Christmas, and the other thing I think about is the Christmas edition of the Cricketer magazine. So I'm sure you are raring to tell me what's in this action-packed edition to end the year with. Yeah. Well, um, so we're working on the Christmas edition, and that comes out on December the 16th, and it's going to have a cover by Nick Newman, the Sunday Times cartoonist um and uh we've got um another lunch with david gow with somebody special somebody show busy <laughs> somebody somebody who's absolutely fabulous oh right <laughs> uh we've got vic marks we've got Derek pringle we've got jared kim we've got patrick kidd so it, it's a it's a nice one yeah nice one but we've still got the um the december issue out it's right. not been out all that's got um 
David Gower lunch with uh, Gary Lineker. Okay, good. Gary cricket and football. Uh, we've got Mike Brearley. We've got George DeBell. We've got John Etheridge. We've got an in- my interview with Mark Wood. We've got um, Dickie Bird and uh, Jeff Boycott meeting in Barnsley. Um, Paul Edwards, uh, Tanya Aldred, Mike Selvey. So, yeah, that's um, jam-packed with stuff as well. Good, great stuff as well, yeah. I'm sure um, many of our listeners would know, but there are possibly some that don't, when they say Gary Lineker, but, I mean, he is was a very decent cricketer, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He captained the Leicestershire schoolboys, and he, I think about 16, 17, he thought he was had more chance of being a cricketer than a footballer. Um, he, he's a, as Gower says, he's an annoying, <laughs> annoying, good at everything, isn't he? So he, <laughs> there's genuine, real stories about him scoring a hundred and then going off to score a hat trick for Spurs that night. And that's <laughs> the, the late David English's Bunbury's. He scored a hundred for for lunch and then went off. He said, "He can't. I can't play, David. I can't play." David said, no, "Just come along, just for a bit, you know." So he opened the batting, got a hundred, and then went off to um. Play for Spurs, scored a hat trick in a pre-season friendly against West Ham, and then another game. He he was playing for the Cross Arrows uh, on the Lord's Nursery Ground, and he they persuaded him to have a bowl, and he ripped his side muscle, and um, turned up for training and told Terry Venables that he'd ripped his side. You know, <laughs> Venables, have you done that? And he, oh, bowling, playing cricket, what? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some nice stories in there. Oh, so definitely. So that's that's in the December uh, edition, that's, which is which is out now, Mark, is it? Mark Wood on the cover. December issue of the Cricketer out now. Preview of the Test series against Pakistan. Fantastic, fantastic. And the next, look out for the cartoon cover by Nick Newman. And uh, you also have George DeBell's. Um, I've just sub-edited it actually. Uh, George DeBell's um, report from with um, from the World Cup. So T Twenty World Cup. That's really good. Gary Lineker this month with Gower and a lovely um, interview with somebody next month. So as always, just to encourage people to get it, it's available on all decent newsstands and uh, mm. uh, online you can subscribe at uh, thecricketer.com. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, we'd encourage everyone to do that. And uh, probably if you wanted to get a nice Christmas gift to one of your cricket-loving friends or relatives... That Christmas edition, which is out December the sixteenth, is that it? Yes, you get if you buy a subscription for a friend or relative or anybody, an enemy even, you can get a EMS book or a twenty pound John Lewis gift voucher. Wow, what's <laughs> not to like? What's not to like? <laughs> okay, Hugh, brilliant to catch up. And um, if I don't see or hear from you beforehand, have a great Christmas and uh, yeah. all the best for twenty twenty three. Love him, good man, top man. Thank you very much. All the best. 